Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. Whatever the trauma is that's happening in people's lives, the question really has to be asked, why is it not different for people in the church? And then if that's true, then we must be doing something wrong. We must be not, as a church, doing a very good job of changing people's lives to the point where the mental health issues reflect the change in their heart from being a Christian. Pastor Paul's guest today is an expert in his field of trauma and trauma therapy. Therapist Greg Hasek joins Paul from Florida talking about a wide range of topics relating to trauma and the church. Welcome to Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was a golden boy. All we can do right now is come together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, I'm so glad you're with us on Life Support. What we do on this program is we talk about issues that maybe others don't want to or that are difficult because we believe in the redemption by Jesus Christ and we know that he's in these difficult issues. And so we're excited to see what he has for us today. My guest is Greg Hasek, who is a licensed mental health counselor. Um, And you're in Florida, Greg? Yeah, in Benita Springs, Florida. You know, I... I'll I'll try to like you still, even though you're in Florida, and uh, we've got like uh, a few inches of snow out there right now. So um, congratulations, you've already got one step ahead of us. That's for sure. That's why the that's that's why the thousands of people are coming down. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we're about ready to get. You know, we're all going to get on a plane at some point. Hey, um, Greg, there are a lot of issues to touch on, and um, we were talking before we began about mental health and. There's a couple of things I want to get into. First, I'm glad people are finally beginning to talk about mental health. That's good. But the issue in the church is still somewhat confusing and hushed. You froze up, Steve. So well, I want to get into the area of mental health in churches um, because it's a bit confusing. I know we're talking about it more, which is good, but yet there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of answers at times. Um, so, So tell me about... Um, how how churches treat mental health, um, what kind of freedom do people have to express issues in churches and that kind of thing? Yeah, so a little bit of my background first. Um, when we started our nonprofit counseling center, our mission was to come as, alongside the local church and provide a, a mental health resource for the local church. So we have a mission to actually come alongside churches in the community and provide a mental health service for them as a referral base. So we work with pastors in the church, we work with staff, we work with church members that are referred, we have partnerships with all these churches. So, so my whole my whole career in, in mental health has been working with the church around these mental health issues. So I have a lot of experience, so I have a lot of passion for that. And so I do want to talk about kind of what I've learned and what the things that I think are missing in the church right now and, and why we, we have a lot of work to do. So um, so when we look at this, the church in general and we look at the statistics for the non-Christian or the Christian is that statistics are no different in the church than the world. And, and so whether that's sex addiction, whether that's divorce, 
whether that's domestic violence, whether that's abortion, whether that's um, physical abuse, whatever the trauma is that's happening in people's lives, the question really has to be asked, why is it not different for people in the church? And then if that's true, then we must be doing something wrong. We must be not, as a church, doing a very good job of changing people's lives to the point where the mental health issues reflect the change in their heart from being a Christian. And so I, I, I specialize in trauma. Uh, I've been specializing in PTSD, especially with men over the last 20 something years. And I've asked myself the question, I've analyzed it over and over again, and I can share some thoughts on that today, what I've learned, um, if you're willing to hear that. Yeah, I'd love to hear it, yes. Yeah. First is that the, the church has historically hasn't done a very good job of integrating spirituality with psychology. They tried to keep those things separate. In other words, yeah, they, they, they preach that every so often might touch on, you know, a mental health issue. Um, but, but oftentimes they don't do a very good job of integrating what's happening with the people in the pews in terms of mental health on an everyday basis with what they're hearing in the church and coming from the pulpit. Now, there are some churches that have done better jobs than others, but in general, it's not integrated. It's spirituality. You come to hear a sermon, you come to hear music, you come to talk about small groups, leave the mental health piece to the mental health workers. But again, it's not working. And so one of the things I've learned out of, because of trauma work I do is people's trauma, Steve, people's trauma, okay, is stored in the right brain. Paul says, the very thing I don't want to do, I do. And I, and I use that, that scripture all the time for addiction, you know, because my especially area is sex addiction. Again, no different in the church than the world. The very thing I don't want to do, I do. The typical male Christian sex addict that I work with can go to church on Sunday morning, stand up, praise music, hear a wonderful sermon, walk out the door, Forget the sermon in the afternoon looking at porn. So something's not working. And so one of the things I learned was the way church is set up is not addressing the right brain where people's trauma is stored. What I mean by that is the church structure historically has been focused on left brain information. In other words, you go hear a sermon, great sermon, great information. You go back home, you don't remember it because it's left brain information. Or people that are sitting in their pews, their trauma is in their right brains. It's stored in the right brain. So it's, it's, it's information they're getting about Christianity, but it's not healing the person that's sitting that just had an abortion or that struggling with addiction. And so even the church model has to look different. If we expect to go to church and be different as Christians, 
in regards to trauma, we have to do church differently. So those two things have to change. We have to integrate better psychology into theology. Second is we have to work with the people in the congregation around these issues on a right brain approach, not just a left brain information approach, because those people get into their car and they drive home, they are not changed in their trauma. And, and that's a, that opens up a big can of worms because a lot of people feel threatened that maybe we're doing church wrong. Pastor Paul is joined today by therapist Greg Hasick. If you'd like to see the video version of today's program, log on to youtube.com slash life support channel. That's youtube.com slash life support channel. And now back to Pastor Paul. So something's not working. And so one of the things I learned was the way church is set up is not addressing the right brain where people's trauma is stored. What I mean by that is the church structure historically has been focused on left brain information. In other words, you go hear a sermon, great sermon, great information. You go back home, you don't remember it because it's left brain information. Or people that are sitting in their pews, their trauma is in their right brains. It's stored in the right brain. So it's, it's, it's information they're getting about Christianity, but it's not healing the person that's sitting that just had an abortion or that's struggling with addiction. And so even the church model has to look different. If we expect to go to church and be different as Christians in regards to trauma, we have to do church differently. So those two things have to change. We have to integrate better psychology into theology. Second is we have to work with the people in the congregation around these issues on a right brain approach, not just a left brain information approach, because those people into their car and they drive home, they are not changed in their trauma. And, and that's a, that opens up a big can of worms because a lot of people feel threatened that maybe we're doing church wrong. Yeah, I think that's interesting. So because we've all done church pretty much the same way since we were little kids. I mean, we tweak it, we try to reach the culture, but you're talking about some really interesting things that I've never really heard talked about before. And what it, would this practically look, look like in your mind? Good question. Yeah, I, I always, sometimes I'll sit down with pastors like you at, at breakfast or lunch, and I'll say, what would you think if I told you everything I've learned about trauma over the last 20 years as a Christian and what the church is doing in terms of how it's done doesn't work? What would you do different? <laughs> and they all look at me. The pastors look at me like, like what are you trying to say? And, and, and I said, what if I told you when you ask people to stand up and greet your neighbor and, you're and they're anxious about greeting your neighbor and that integrates the right brain at that very moment, they're anxious because that's the part of the brain that's experiential. If I told you as a pastor that they remember that moment when they're anxious to stand up and greet their neighbor more than your sermon, what would you say? Don't do it anymore. Exactly. 
like, 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 oh, are you serious? You're like, no, yeah. I'm serious. I'm serious. Teach people through experience, they will remember it. But if you just stand up there and give a sermon or, or a lecture, they don't remember it. And so what I would tell, tell the church is we need to look at a couple things. One is, if it's not working in terms of healing people in the congregation, let's get creative. We had a movement here. I worked with a church locally to create an experiential service, an experiential church. We began to work on how to do sermons and, and church different, active-oriented, experiential-oriented. And the other thing is we have so many barriers in terms of shame to address these issues in the church. But we don't want to talk about the one out of four women by the age of 45 had an abortion in the church. We don't want to talk about all the guys struggling with porn, or we don't want to talk about, you know, the, the 20% that are cohabitating or the, the, the divorce rate or, but we'll leave that to the small group on Friday night in the corner of the church. So we've done our job. Like, oh, we'll let the AA people rent the church hall, or we'll let the the the, the sex addiction group, the purity group. But uh, you know, doesn't you hear what I'm saying? We do. Yeah. Now, but it's it's um. In some ways, in some ways, what you're saying is overwhelming. Um. I don't think it's necessarily threatening, although to some pastors it might feel threatening. I, I'm more interested in how do you even begin? Because I don't have it. I don't have the expertise you do. Um, the pastor down the street probably doesn't have the expertise you do. So where do you start to address these issues? Well, what's what's very interesting. I don't know if you heard the the the, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I used to live in Portland for 20 years and I used to go up to Seattle. And, you know, one of the things that came out of that was, you know, how many pastors are narcissists? Now, now, one of the things that came out of the recommendations from that experience was we need to get psychologists involved. We need to get people that are mental health people involved in part of the assessment of who gets hired as a pastor. Now, what I'm trying to tell you is that the first step needs to be, how do, we, how do we bring the knowledge of the psychological world into the spiritual world, and how do we work together with that knowledge? In other words, if I sit down with you as a pastor and I say, hey, let me tell you about the 20 years of experience that I've learned working with, and, and you as a pastor, you're like, okay, I was trained in seminary. I only know about this piece. How do we work together and create something that works? And I think we've been divided for so long. All the, you know, the church is doing this and the mental health people are doing this. We'll refer, we'll refer them out. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to say that, you know, and then what happens when, when people are experiencing some kind of a mental health issue, many times they'll just drift away. Because they they don't feel like they can they can connect with the larger body, and so because others don't know what to do with them either, then they just sort of disappear, and that's a sad sad thing. 
Oh yeah. Let me tell you, I'll tell you a quick story of a, of a client recently that told me hadn't been in the church in a year or two. Um, husband just had an affair. She's considering divorce. She was an emotional wreck, had a lot of trauma from the disclosure of the affair. And oftentimes they have PTSD symptoms from that disclosure. Um, she decides to drive to church one day. She parks in the parking lot. This is a kind of a mega church. She walks in the door, tears coming down her face. She gets handed a bulletin or something, greets at the door. She goes in, sits down, the, the lights come down. Right? People go to church for the music now, right? The lights come down. She doesn't see any, any of the people sitting next to her. She's crying throughout the music, knowing her husband just had this affair, thinking about divorce. She gets up after the sermon's over, the lights come back on. She walks back out through the foyer to her car. She sits in her car and cries. That's church today, Steve. The, the, the whole model has gone to, I, I call it the movie theater experience. Yeah. It's no longer, hey, you know what? Before you walk in the door, do you have a burden? Do you, do you have someone we can, we, can we connect you with someone? You're in pain right now. You know, we want to help you with the trauma that you're going through. That person doesn't need a mega sermon or a mega music experience. They need people. But we don't know how to do that anymore right. in our church, right? It's just like, it's, it's the movie theater experience. Go back to your car, go back home, and, and it's over. Yeah. That and seems to be, it, it, it's an accurate description. And the problem is, is we're teaching young pastors that that's the goal. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I sit back and I, I say to myself, if the statistics are no different in the church than the world, and we want the world to look at the church different, we're attracting them to the church. If, if we say that having a relationship to Christ is somehow going to change our behavior, but because the trauma of the people in the congregation is not getting healed, their behavior is manifested out of that trauma, be it addictions or whatever, domestic violence. It sends the message to the world, you guys don't have anything different than we do. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. We, like, I, and, and Steve, you don't know, I've seen, I, I have been called into so many churches where pastors were addicted to porn. And the church is split right in half. And you, you know what? I gave them mental health resources. I gave them mental health recommendations. I gave them trauma recommendations. And their mental health as pastors and as leaders got in the way. And the world looks back and goes, wow, that church is split. You guys don't even talk to each other. And you guys have it together? Mm-hmm because they don't want to integrate the mental health. Mm -hmm. You can't just spiritualize everything. If you, you know, like, like, well, that's not a good Christian example. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, sure so you don't talk to your half of your church because they did this and the, the pastor left and like, oh, well, you guys are good. So many times that pastors go through an experience like that, they don't get their own mental health help and they relive the experience with their congregation. 
Well, here's the issue too, Greg. Um, so I have a lot of trauma in my background. I've lost a wife. I've lost a son. I carry that around with me. That's never going to go away. It's something yeah. that I've learned so sorry. to cope with. Yeah. Um, I pastor a church and I don't even feel like I have an outlet for that. So I think what pastors do is they end up just kind of curling up in a corner and going, if I let this out, if somebody finds out about this, yeah, you know, uh, you know, um, and, and I wish church boards would hear this yeah, and say, instead of threatening or, or why aren't you doing better or why aren't you this or that? Well, how can I help you? Totally. How can we come alongside of you? Because I think pastors are lonely and, and they don't know what to do with what's going on inside of them in large part. Totally. Yeah. You know what? And as soon as because of a pastor's trauma, as soon as something goes wrong in terms of their behavior, they get shot down. And, and, and what does that do? Causes more trauma for that pastor. And, and, you know, we should be empathetic for what the pastors are going through. Not not shoot them down. You know, because because it. I, I've had pastors where they couldn't walk back into church. It was so traumatic for them of how it was handled by the boards. Well, that's why um, when you go to a conference, um, church boards always pop up on the screen during the humor section. Um, um, okay, we got about two minutes left here. Um, most of the people listening are, you know, lay people. They go to church on Sunday, don't have a say in how their church necessarily does certain things. How can they help others? that they encounter on a Sunday morning? Yeah, I would just say that that those that are listening, that they come across friends or family members or even yourself, is think, think about your relationship to Christ and, and the mental health issues that you're struggling as something that you can bring together integratively. And that, that can provide healing from a spiritual and mental health perspective and encourage those people that you talk to. If they're not able to create kind of like these microcultures in the church where maybe the church is starting to experiment on bringing mental health issues into the church, whether that's support groups, whether that's, you know, like um, small groups or whatever, is talk with your friends about getting that mental health um, person in their life also so that you know they're working on the mental health piece at the same time getting a christian counselor that's very therapist that works with the church like we do here in, in southwest florida we try to integrate and, and work with the church and the pastors and so i just encourage this that what you learn today talk about it with other people talk about it with your pastors and and really begin to kind of look at how can we do things differently so that if you're wounded and you're struggling and you're going to church, that your trauma needs can be met in a different way. That's really good. Greg, how can uh, people get more information from you and connect with you? Yeah, so it's Southwest Florida Christian Counseling. Um, our website is swflchristiancounseling.org. Uh, and our phone number here in Florida is 239-301-4464. All right. Well, this is this has been fascinating stuff. We could go on for a long time because I have a whole lot more questions. We're going to have you back. And I, I really appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. You know, the Bible is, um, is really clear. Greg was talking about um, the church being a place that people can 
can feel like they're not just walking in and out, not nobody cares about them, and uh, gave the example of that of that lady who was in obvious pain and the theater experience didn't really help her. But I, w- I will tell you this, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, the Bible is very clear. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And many times people will fail us and we will be disappointed. And sometimes we don't know what to do with what's happening inside of us. But I will guarantee you that God is there to receive you. God can help you. And so if you're listening to this right now and and you're hurting, you're struggling, you're alone, I would encourage you to uh, pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I don't mean that by just praying right now. Um, Find out in your community what resources are available. Um, Try to to find uh, a group or a church that is safe, but don't try to do this on your own because it's a long, hard road, even when you have people alongside of you. But remember this verse again, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's a promise. And uh, I'm thankful that Jesus always shows up in these really, really hard places. I want to thank our, our wonderful sponsors that helped make this program possible. Faith Radio has given us a terrific platform at MyFaithRadio.com. You can see a video version of this podcast at FiveStoneMedia.com. And you can check us out here at Ridgewood Church at MyRWC.org. And thanks so much for listening to Life Support. Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. The video version is available at youtube.com slash life support channel. listening to this life support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com. To avoid missing future editions of life support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of life support.